Well, hello, everybody. Podcast time again, because we know if you're listening to this podcast, you know, there's no schedule, and I sort of battle them out a bit randomly. I did one a couple of weeks ago, maybe just over a week ago, and uh, I'll do another one now, and sometimes there'll be like a gap of maybe months between them. But I'm going to rattle another one out now, and I'm going to drink some tea. Now, I need to apologise again if the audio is rubbish. I have got a really nice microphone that got sent for doing podcasts and stuff from Timmy Sadler. But I'm moving house at the moment. I'm in the process of moving house, so I hope I'm moving house and all that. So I've got a lot of stuff in boxes, and it's in one of those boxes. So I've not got it linked up, so I'm really sorry. Anyway, I got black tea today, not coffee, because it's, you know, 20 to 9 in the morning. But if you're listening to this at a different time, it could be 11 o'clock at night, couldn't it? So time's probably irrelevant on a podcast like this. Right, gang. What's today's podcast going to be about? It's going to be about boats. Yeah, it's going to be about boats. And not because there's any major reason. You know, I don't want to talk about boat design and why, you know, Piranha have got a boat called Scorch and Wavesport have got a boat called the Recon and any of that stuff. And why Corrin's boats, you know, look super cool, but they really have to get hold of. Like unicorn tears, I imagine. And why some boats are big and some boats are short, some boats are wide and some boats are skinny and all that stuff. I'm not going to talk about any of that, really. But I'm going to talk about my boats. And why am I talking about my boats? And it's because somebody's messaged me and said, please do a podcast about the boats you've paddled. So that's what I'm doing. It's not scripted, as you know, so I will go off at tangents. And I didn't introduce a podcast because most of these listeners, you know, you've probably listened to episodes before and you know the introductions and all that stuff. Now, I've sat down this morning prior to the black tea. Excuse me, and I wrote a list of all the boats I've ever owned. And that's a lot of boats in 30 years. I mean, a lot of boats. And that's just my personal boats, not the boats with the company. I mean, that, just personal boats. I mean, at the moment, I think I've got 13 boats. Possibly 11. Uh, I keep finding boats in people's gardens that, I'm, that are mine. So I don't quite know uh, how many boats I've got. But I've got a lot. So I'm not going to sit and list all the boats I've ever owned. Because A, that's quite boring. And it'll take a long time. And secondly, I don't actually remember how many I've owned. But I am going to talk about boats that have been quite influential to my paddling. And we'll start at the start and we'll work through to sort of modern day. So it's not this is not like a, a whole list of boats. It's just a handful of boats or a couple of handfuls of boats that I just really, really like. And that I've really sort of moved my paddling forward and all that sort of malarkey. And we're going to start off in the days when the dancer was king. So I learnt to kayak originally in scouts. And one of my scout leaders loaned me his boat and it was a blue dancer XT. And it was a beautiful, beautiful boat. It was big for me at the time, but I just loved that boat. It, it let me paddles, bonus edge helmets, everything. The guy was called Brian Hughes. Uh, I've managed to find him on Facebook recently and thanked him for lending me that boat. I got myself uh, a black dancer as my own boat at months later, maybe a year later, six months later, whatever. Uh, with all my sort of paper round money 
and birthday Christmases and all that. So the dancer was really influential to me at the time. It was the boat that I learned to do pop-outs in. It was the boat that I learned to side surf in. It was the boat that I got scared in. For those that know the, the true airing on the the lower true airing, as it were, there's below the campsite, uh, near, the, near the top site, there's a tiny little weir there and an access egress point we used to take out there. And I remember being scared surfing that little hole in my dancer. I remember being petrified surfing the wave. Uh, not the way, the little wee away uh, hole on the washboard. But the dancer was the boat that really sort of instilled a passion in kayaking for me. Black boats, very, very dodgy uh, for obvious reasons. They look very cool. Uh, mine had yellow stripes on it. It was like a John Player special packet of fags. But the dancer, I always thought it was dead cool as well in my dancer because I'd watched Helen Highwater video, which was the Stikine video, Rob Lesser and Lars Holbeck and what have you, and they had dancers and eclipses, and I think they had spirit as well. And I just thought it was the coolest boat in the world. So my dancer really enjoyed that, and I moved from the dancer to a magic bat, Piranha Magic Bat, and I hated that boat. I put a hole in it the first day I used it. Hated that boat. And how I put a hole in it, it was seal launching off a jetty into a lake and tearing the bottom out with a screw or something, but. Yeah, I just hate, sort of hated it. Uh, never really got on with it. But I knew lots and lots of people that did like that boat and people that had paddled in Papua New Guinea and stuff like that and, and used the magic bat. And looking back, I was probably not good enough for that boat. You know, the, the boat offered more to me, more than I was able to, to do with it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But it, anyway, I got rid of that boat pretty quickly and I got myself a topper. And then when I first bought my topo, or the first topo of many, the purple one I had, I was told, don't buy a topo. You'll only ever bounce down rock-filled ditches and you won't be able to do a lot of stuff. And actually, I really enjoy bouncing rock down rock-filled ditches and falling off waterfalls. And, what I mean. and it, the topo was the boat that took me from class D to class five. It was a boat that I... I was like, only had one boat in the quiver then. It was a boat that I paddled on rivers. It was a boat that I freestyled in. It was the first boat I learned to cartwheel. That and a hurricane, I think. Which is, I'm not quite sure whether it was a hurricane I learned to cartwheel first or whether it was a topper. Uh, but I knew it was in the Alps. It was on the Rab, in the Alps, on the Rabby Way. So my topper loved that, but I think it's still going strong, actually. I sold it to a friend of mine. I think it's still going strong. I have got a green topo at the moment, which I love. And uh, I bounce around quite a lot in that at the moment. I had a topo for a long, long time. Uh, and the only other boat I had in the quiver when I had the topo was a squirt boat. And I had a couple of squirt boats. Uh, Bigfoot Shreds. I had one that looked like a bar of shield soap. And then one that was red and yellow flamey glitter and that red and yellow flamey glitter has kind of been a a motif in a lot of my paddling i've got a new helmet and that's red and yellow flames i had in the past i've had bonnet shades and cags that have been red and yellow 
and I try and stay where, you know, as much as possible in the past, I've tried to stay regular. As manufacturing and fashions change, it's been really difficult, and I have now I'm more of a lime colour just because that's what's available. But I, I quite like vanilla. It stands out a lot, and it is way better than black. But we know black's slimming, don't we? And uh, yeah, black and white, I'm not a big fan of. Having said that, my helmet at the moment that I I wear a lot is like a British Army green glitter. But I have got red and yellow ones for a lot of stuff. Anyhow, we've sort of rattled on a bit. So we've gone from the shreds. And then Wavespot, when Wavespot first broke into the UK, I had a stubby. And the stubby was the first boat I ever did a blunt in. Excuse me, just got a cup of tea there. Like I said, first boat I ever did a, a blunt in. Uh, first boat I ever did Eddie Line cartwheels in. First boat I ever did flat spins on a wave in. Or like reliable flat spins on a wave. It was a boat that I took to Norway to safety boat with back in do, 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 end of the 90s when I worked for Troll, which is Troll Active now. It was called Troll Mountain at the time. It was a yellow boat again with like red stripes. Pretty cool boat. Uh, if I could find another one on eBay at a reasonable price, I'd definitely pick it up. Excuse me. And then I sort of gone through like RPMs and acrobats and stuff like and Diablos at the time. Diablo, I really like the Diablo. Uh, didn't have it very long uh, because I got it off Yan, cheap at the bitches, and then I needed money to go to uni and I sold it. And that was quite a mistake because it's a good boat. Anyway. Stubby, Stubby was really good. It was, I did my first big waterfalls in the Stubby as well, uh, what I call big waterfalls, you know, like Norway waterfalls, as opposed to British waterfalls, which I've done with Topo. Uh, from the Stubby, I moved on to the Eskimos' Row. Uh, I just finished my tea, so you shouldn't hear me gurgling now. Yeah, the Eskimos' Row. Really enjoyed my Eskimos though, and I paddled a prototype actually, uh, Eskimos though, like an old prototype, fiberglass one, in Chile a few years ago because it had been left for in Chile for 20 years. And uh, it was nice to paddle it on the San Pedro and uh, not be able to feel my toes again because that's one of the issues with this though, is that you can't feel your toes. But I really enjoyed this though. I paddled the glass and gorge a lot in this though because at the time of having my though, I was working at Penapass Youth Hostel, uh, so I paddled the Glasley, and I did, used to paddle on the, uh, the Straits and Stanley Embankment and stuff like that in Mesla. Really liked it. It was a boat that I could do uh, screw-ups in really easy. I could do cartwheels in really easy, like mega slicey boat. Really enjoyable. And then I sort of went through a succession of piranha boats. And then there, bigger expedition boats like H2s and uh, Creek 280s, I think, and stuff like that. And did a massive trip one year in uh, off Everest, up to Cozy, in a Perception Supersonic. I really, really rated the Supersonic. Uh, I found it really good on Class 5, like loaded with sleeping bags and food. And these days, if you see a Supersonic, they're nearly always in outdoor centres. Uh, our club boats, but I really rated mine. I'd paddle the Glen in it, and I'd paddle the Fledder in it. I paddled it in Nepal, and 
space for places. And it, I found it really nice. I had a couple of them. Uh, the one I remember was a yellow colour, like a like a margarita. I think perception called it margaritas, like a yellow orange fade. But really like my supersonic. And I was reminded of my supersonic yesterday uh, when a friend was chatting to me about when we first met, and that was the boat that I had when we first met. And from the supersonic, I moved up to Liquid Logic Gus. And I think I had about eight Gusses, all told. The Gus was the boat that I went and did the Sassitna with, I did the Alsec with, I paddled in Pakistan with, I did a lot of first ascents in Nepal with it. It's a boat that if I ever see one in a higher fleet, uh, and I don't have a personal boat, it's the boat I always go to. I just find it really nice boat, really, really nice boat. I paddled the Glen a lot in it. Yeah, really, really nice boat. It's a shame that it's no longer made, but then boat designs have moved on and Liquid Logic have moved on and they have different designs. But like I say, it's a really nice boat. It's quite old now, 2004-ish, I think is, is the model uh, age. Uh, I've had Necky Blunts, quite a few Necky Blunts in my time. Again, it didn't do anything major epic in my blunts, and uh, except you know, Welsh stuff. But that, that's all fun. But the Gus was a really good boat, and I I did really enjoy it, and it helped me push expedition paddling because it's a boat that works really well loaded. And from the Gus, I kind of sort of floated around in different boats and then moved over to a couple of Piranha boats, paddled the Canali a lot, uh, like a lot on the Glen. Really, really like the Canali. Found it really soft, not as harsh uh, as, say, a burn at the time. Uh, it's a really soft rails. I could still, like, do cartwheels in it in that little secret spot at the bottom of the Glossen Gorge. But I just, I really enjoyed it. It was comfy. I did a really high water glen lap in it, like, over 2.4 on the gauge. Yeah, just really like the Canali. I had the seat pushed back in it. Really liked it. But my second boat that I used a lot at that time was the Piranha Everest. Piranha Everest, I think I had maybe had 10 of them over a short, short span because I'd keep getting one and then leaving it in India or Nepal or somewhere and then get another one and then get another one. And I had a lot of them. I've still got one in, still got one in India, still got one in Nepal. And the Everest, I really, really enjoyed the Everest. It was the boat I did the Stikin in. It was the boat I did the Solo Everest trip in. It paddled really well with food in the back and sleeping bags in the back and gear in the back. Paddled super, super well. Really good, like, guiding platform. Although I did find the Canali a better guiding platform because it didn't have those edges, so you could look over your shoulder a lot more uh, in big water and watch people in groups coming down behind you and you weren't going to get tripped up on boils as easy. <clears throat> But yeah, Everest and the Canali there, beautiful. Uh, moved on from there, paddled various boats at various different times, probably some directors, raptors, uh, stompers, that sort of thing. Nothing that sort of sticks in mind about how cool they were. Then paddled the Ace of Spades, uh, which is a spade boat, obviously the Ace. Blow moulded boat, super bomb proof. Took me back uh, in nostalgia to my topo days and the salto days. Really, really rate the salt, uh, the, the ace. For me, the ace is the boat that I used on the 
FKT. Yeah, FKT, fastest known time uh, on the Zarab Zanskar, uh, where I did with George Younger. So we did Zarab Zanskar 20 hours, 50 minutes. And it was a spade that I used then. I borrowed it off my friend Horst. To, uh, because it was just way more comfy than the boat I was using at the time. But that, that was pretty cool and, you know, I enjoyed that. So the ace, and then I've, I've had a couple of aces and I've had a couple of Royal Flushes. For me, the Royal Flush being nine foot is just a little bit long. I don't like a nine foot boat, really. Um, especially not in North Wales. I just find it a bit too long for me. But that's because I'm quite a lazy paddler. If you, you watch me paddle, I, I float quite a lot and my charging arc is a lot more sedate. But I guess that's why I can still sort of float water. Now my body doesn't ache as much. And there's people that perhaps charge all the time. But then maybe it's not. Maybe it's just the way that I've learned bad habits. But yeah, really, really enjoy the ace. Looking for my ace at the moment is sat in a shed in Leigh. And I've got one sat in Bhutan. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to being able to go back to the Himalayas and get back in my, my ace. And then I moved from the ace, I moved back a few years to my to a recon. The recon was a boat that came out way before the the ace. But I really like the recon. I like it because it's British made. It's built like a tank. So it's really good for like bouncing around British rivers and putting on roofs of buses in the Himalayas and loading full of kit, but it's really heavy. Uh, if you get it spec, like if you get it from the shop, it's really, really heavy, 20-odd kg. So the one I've got, uh, which I've got one in Himalayas, and I've got one in Britain, uh, it's actually drilled, like the seat's drilled out, and all the outfitting's drilled out, and it comes in about 19 kg. So that's fine, you know, and I like it. The boat I've got at the moment is, I think they call it cherry bomb colour, and it's black and red, which is a bit weird because I ordered a yellow one. But, you know, it is what it is. I have had whacker boats. I've had quite a few chairs, a couple of tuners before the before the spades and stuff. But I found the tuners to be just a little bit, uh, a little bit weaker on the abuse I give boats, like dropping them off roofs of buses and dragging them around the Himalayas. I just don't find that they're as strong as I want them to be. Not that the boats are not strong enough. Like, they're strong enough for most people. I think I abuse boats way too much. Probably the same way I abuse cars, like I'll kill cars quite a lot, and I kill boats quite a lot. I have paddled the steez quite a lot, and I like the steez, but that sort of is not my boat. It's just a, really a boat that I quite enjoy paddling. And then we've gone to the boats that I'm paddling in Britain now. Now, I've I've been paddling for quite a long time in Letman Bullet, and everyone's going, ooh. What's a Letman Bullet? You might have to Google them. They're really rare. And mine's orange. Uh, I got it from Mr. Steve Wetman, who uh, Wetman Equipment. And it's I love the I love the bullet. It's the, the bullet is like the one boat in the quiver type of boat. It's, I'm a little bit heavy for it, but I can still make it work ish, like enough. Uh, it, it's fine. I like everything up to sort of class four plus, possibly uh, low in class five in the UK but when it gets steep and big like when the when the glen's got water in it it's a little bit of a handful because it's way too slicey really 
but it's fun and it, it like Ogwin stuff's fine, Maldak's fine, uh, Winion's fine, all that stuff. And it surfs really well, like it'll catch what I'd call long flat waves a lot better than like a modern boat. So I really, really like the bullet. And I've just picked up a Letman Rage on eBay. Again, you might have to Google Letman Rage. I've just picked up Letman Rage on eBay, super cheap. Uh, and I really like the Rage. I've only panelled it once. But I can, it's set in my front garden now, and I can see it being the, my sort of go-to boat for 90% of those sort of play days. You know, the days when you go out with your mates and you're not pushing yourself hard on hard water, but you want, like, surf some waves and playing some holes, do some stern dips and stop for cake. That's the sort of boat I think I'll be using a lot and my my bullet will be used for more river running. I had a plan B, which is another Letman boat. Really liked it, but I preferred the, the bullet, so that's why I don't have the plan B anymore because I've got the bullet. I just prefer it. And that that's a sort of a really rapid rundown of boats. I've got a fair few boats sat in my garden in Wales at the moment. Uh, can't think what I've got that is interesting. I've got a, a composite rodeo bat, which is a old piranha thing, and I've got a savage gravity, which is super rare, like fifty eight centimeters wide. I think I'm sure Colin will comment on the bottom of this podcast and tell me it's not. But I quite like the gravity. It like one of those boats. That's, it's too, it's too long for like most things for me in my eyes because I don't like long boats. But it's just, it's a fun boat to paddle, uh, just because. It's so rare, but it edge to edge transitions like super well. Surfs like a brick, and if you want to boof it, you've got to plan it like last week. But its edge to edge transitions are some of the best in a boat of its size I've ever paddled. Really like that. And then, as a sort of honorary note, I'm going to tell you about Perception Pirouette and Perception Corsica. Not the S, because I'm not a heathen. I've still got a Corsica. I still really like it. I use it for attaining. Days when I want to attain, which is, for those that don't know, attaining is basically paddling upstream and eddy hopping back upstream. Now, I don't use, I have paddled the Glen in the Corsica and it's hard and it's like I paddle the Glen in the Fusion. It's a bit long, it's a bit hard. I, You know, I don't need a 12 foot boat or a 10 foot boat or whatever. But, the Corsica, I just really like it for like summer days, low water attaining days when you want a bit of fitness and you want to paddle, just paddle upstream, any twenty twenty to any hop, and it's beautiful. So that's the only mention to those two boats, and that's it. But a boat's a boat. Like I was chatting to somebody yesterday, a boat's a boat, isn't it? Now you can buy a modern boat and spend twelve hundred quid or whatever they are on a modern boat. You can look on eBay or secondhand forums and get a secondhand used boat. And you might pay off the odds at the moment because there's like COVID tax on that stuff. But you need to get a boat that sort of suits your ability or suits what you want out of it. Gone are the days where you can have one boat in your quiver, I think. You know, I think now you've pretty much got a couple of boat options, you know, and you've got to make those choices sensibly. If you can, and I'm a firm believer in this, and I've mentioned it before in podcasts, if you can find good, solid, cheaper boats, and uh, maybe older boats, but good and solid, especially if you're at a certain level of your ability and skill, then they can actually work out financially viable if you paddle in ditches. So I paddle quite a lot. Oh, in the past, I've paddled quite a lot in the Dales, the Oxford Dales, in Rockfield ditches like Lake Beck, 
and uh, ingotting and their own twists and that sort of thing. And if you're paddling lower volume rivers, especially uh, on ha with hard rock, hard pointy rock, it makes you cry when you split a 1200 quid boat, a grand's worth of boat, makes you cry a lot. But if you are paddling a 200 quid beater boat and you split it, you don't cry as much. So that's probably why I've got so many boats scattered around because I can paddle a beater boat on a low water ditch and not get upset as much when I come off a drop and peat on the nose and twist it or whatever. Uh, if I'm doing like a slab like uh, Pen Magno slabs or the big drop on the Thumb Clan, stuff like that, then I will choose a boat that I don't mind bending a bit. But as I get older, I tend not to want to bend my body as much. Right, so that's me rattling on about boats for 25 minutes. I hope you've enjoyed it. You probably haven't. You've probably turned off. And that's all right. Anyway, look after yourselves. Keep yourself safe. And I will catch you soon.